From Indiana Public Radio and Ball State University, this is The Scene, the show that captures live music right from our own backyards and brings it straight to you. I'm your host, Christopher Golab, and this week we're going to feature Malays from Bloomington, Indiana. Combining piano with dreamlike sounds and spaces, Malays' sound is unlike anything I have ever heard. I was able to meet with Emily Plazek, the mind behind Malaise, this winter to talk about her music and more. But first, please enjoy Welcome to Oakland. Thank you. 
You're listening to The Scene from Indiana Public Radio. I'm here with Malays herself, Emily Plazek. For our listeners who are just hearing you for the first time, would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. So, hi, I am Malays. I play the piano and I write music telling a story of this girl that's lost in a dream world called Oakland. So I take on my piano and the songs I write and I, uh, I sail out at sea is what I call it. There's this map where the, that I've drawn, where, what, what is the map of Oakland's and where Malaise tells all of her songs from that sanctuary ship out in the sea, uh, telling that story about that lost little girl and all these other characters in the world. So is all of Malaise's music a part of one larger story? So yes, it is telling a larger story and the, I, t- I like to release multi-album projects that I call books because they add up to tell books. So I just finished uh, last this past year, the first book that was called The Malaise. So like my name, it's spelled the other way. And it was more like a precursor, like a bunch of individual adventures, uh, kind of like how The Hobbit is the precursor to Lord of the Rings, that kind of thing. So... That was three albums called um, acronyms, TVW, FVR, and LVF. And they stood for different dialectic oppositions, uh, meaning like two very opposing things that actually like have a balance somewhere in them. So teaser versus warning um, and love versus fear, like the clearest examples. The other one's falling versus rising. And this next project is a book that's nine albums and it's called The Dialectic. So that idea of opposing forces, finding balance. So um, right now I've released the first book and the first album in the nine album book. And it's what's called Carnegie Shelves. And the idea is that we're setting up the story where even the listener just entered the library. Okay. So I'm like from Pittsburgh. So like Carnegie libraries, you know, sorry, there was Carnegie. Um, And so you're in the Carnegie stacks. So that book is some individual songs, but that's the overall gist of the book. And on the cover is my dad, um, like from years ago and he was a radio DJ and I had a very musical upbringing thanks to him and my mom, who's a church organist. And so I like having him on the front as a DJ instead of just like literally a library shelf, because it's kind of pointing to the fact that even albums or books, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, and now that the scene is set with the first album, the next album I'm releasing right now, and I have this whole team of interns from around the world right now, um, with my company, Mike, where I I help musicians like me make careers like mine. And uh, my interns and I are planning the release, uh, that, We've talked about a little bit, Chris, uh, the release of Anota, which is the acronym for a note on the author. So a note on the author is as if now you've picked up a book off the shelf and you've opened it up to the first page where there's that little blurb, like a note on the author. And that was inspired by like, um, there's my one copy of Grapes of Wrath because I really like Steinbeck. So that's this first, this first, sorry, this second album in the series. And the next one that, we're recording because they're all planned out. Most of the albums are finished. Um, and well, all of them are written except for the very final one that I'm still working on. Half of them are totally finished. And the other half we're still in production for. So the next one we're still recording and it's called front matter. And Chris, do you know what front matter is? I do not. 
Yeah. So it's uh it's the word it's the phrase for the stuff in like the beginning of a book. Uh so think about like the title page, the half title page, the yeah. The um so this next album all the tracks are named after stuff from the front matter, like the half title page, the frontispiece, the copyright, the ISBN, um, the disclaimer, all those things. And then the only piece of front matter that's not in that album is the next album, which is the album Table of Contents. And that I'm extra excited about because that's one of the ones I've had written for like the longest. And even every single track acts like a table of contents for the rest of the books for the next five albums. Wow. Yeah. So that's the gist of the of the project that I'm working on right now. This next song is called The Malaise. Listening to Malaise on the scene from Indiana Public Radio. So, Emily, you've described your genre as piano alt pop or dream hop. How did you get into such a unique genre? I've really never heard music like yours before. Ooh, thanks. Um, that's more of a compliment than you know, because, well, I think every 
musician like kind of wants to make something that <laughs> they think hasn't totally been heard yet. Wait, maybe not everybody. I don't like to use overgeneralization. So I take back the phrase everybody. I think a lot of musicians um, <laughs> feel that way. Uh, yeah. So it happened because, okay, think about it. So I've been writing these piano songs since I was little, uh-huh. just, uh, just me and a piano and my notebooks of all my feelings and my thoughts. And I honestly, I started playing extra like uh fancier I keep using the word fancy. That's not really fancy. Like more complex um, piano parts because I felt like the songs were lacking. Like I had this energy and I had this feeling I was going for in my head and I I didn't have more instruments. Like I didn't have like a band I was, you know, like playing with or anything. It was just me. Um, As much as I like doing music alone for like how it can help me dive deeper into myself with introspection, kind of like I still, it was kind of a handicap in that sense. It did help me get uh, a lot more, my, my hand combinations are like way more complex than the patterns I can do in the piano. And that's cool. But, um, as I was, you know, writing hundreds of songs growing up and then I got the chance like to actually record them. Like I got my own home studio. I, re- I released this EP series in 2014 called the four seasons series. And it was just under my name, not malaise. I, d- I hadn't like, I hadn't like met Malays yet. We'll put it that way. So I released those and I didn't quite nail the sound that I wanted. I was experimenting, figuring out different sounds, but in my head, I just had this vision for a sound. Fast forward three more years. That was 2014. And now this is 2017 that I'm fast forwarding to. And um, for my company, Mike, I had an intern named Andrew. Um, Andrew Chris is what he goes by because he's a musician. And he heard one of my songs that was like in skeleton form, which means just the piano and the vocals. And he's like, hey, I think I can make a beat to this. And I was like, please do. I, I, I was like, stop doing whatever intern work you're doing. Just go do that, please. Because <laughs> I'm always look, I've always been looking for like the right musical partner to work with because I just I just didn't have the technical skills to make the beats and figure out what I want it to sound like from a technical standpoint. And he sent back Rabbit Hole um, with the Dream Hop beat is what he called it because he created the, the Dream Hop sounds. That's Andrew's like he's like the, the father of that. He came up with the drum dream hop sound. I I cried when he shared that with me. I was it was such a relief. I had spent so many years of my life trying to find that kind of feeling and that kind of sound. It's like this weird juxtaposition of piano, but with like almost like a rap hip hop trap instrument palette, but then also weird experimental sounds. So he just he's such a creator that he ended up becoming like my musical partner in crime with all the malaise sounds. So he came up with the term dream hop and it's this cool juxtaposing experimental weird sound. This next song is Rabbit Hole, the first song that Emily Plazek and Andrew Chris produced together, which would become the sound of malaise.
I'm Christopher Golab, and you're listening to Malays on the scene from Indiana Public Radio. I'm here with Emily Plazek, the mind behind Malays. Now, with such a unique musical style, I've got to know, who are your influences? Musically, because I started as a piano player, I'll have some, uh, let's just say straight up musically, in my piano playing, I really like piano improv because I studied a lot of jazz growing up. I was in a lot of different bands, jazz bands, etc. And um, I actually had kind of too small of hands to ever be really good at jazz. And and I and jazz also, I really, really like it and respect it, but it's not naturally like my favorite genre. So I didn't listen to it a ton. So my improv never really sounded like jazz, but it was in like the spirit of it. So I learned how to, ooh, I learned how to improv with jazz. I'm sorry, with piano, um, kind of more based off of piano solo artists I was listening to, like George Winston is this one guy just, I listened to a lot growing up. Um, I like quick pianos. Um, I, I like really like fancy, like not fancy, like fun, like, like fancy hands is what I was thinking. He doesn't actually sound fancy. I don't know. I like like the, the raw gritty improv piano stuff. So I like, I like that. I like piano. Um, my voice, I studied a lot of opera and, um, I actually don't have like an opera sounding voice naturally, but I, I liked studying it a lot because of how it taught me the muscles and how to use your body. Like, like it's very meta. Again, I really like things that are meta. Um, so I like my voice to kind of work with that too. I like to think about conversational, um, touches to my voice. Um, so opera, you know, has given me the tools for that. So that's an influence. Um, I like glottal stops, other like little things that make my voice sound more, uh, like, uh, real, uh, I don't know, not like down to earth or conversational, like, like you're talking to the person kind of sometimes I also like holding out big high notes. I digress. So I, yoga is also a big influence in my life. Not, not yoga sounding music in particular, but because of like the body mind connection stuff. Um, whenever you get into specifically music sounds, I grew up with my dad, like I said, he was a radio DJ and he used to play music for us, like in his basement uh, den and where he had his, uh, all his, uh, studio equipment set up and the big speakers and we would all dance. So I grew up listening to a lot of, um, deep cuts of like the bigger artists too. Like everybody from like Simon and Garfunkel to, um, the, uh, Loggins and Messina, like that, that kind of like era, a lot of singer songwriters. Um, there's blessed union of souls, like some crazy cool piano there, some soul. We've got that R and B vibe. My favorite, whenever I was like a baby in the womb, I apparently loved Marvin Gaye, like the sound of his voice. So I have a lot of that singer songwriter and other, the, also the love of like the deep cuts, not the stuff that was just so like, even like the Beatles, like, I mean, everybody knows the Beatles, but like, we didn't always just listen to the main ones. Um, and that's from him being a radio DJ. And as I grew up, Oh, my big, influences all my music writing is going to be like the pop punk scream screamo emo genres because that's what I listened to for so long like in middle school and high school it's like you know I'm 29 right now so I went to high school like in the early 2000s so I mean I still oh my gosh there's a massive massive um room in my heart for all that that entire genre I still listen to a ton of it best running music ever I'm convinced of it. Um, but then again, I also really like rap. Um, not all kinds of rap. Uh, not that I'm like making a judgment call. I'll just say like, I'm not totally, um, in tune with the entire genre of what rap is right now. I do study it a lot for work, but it's not like 
totally my taste and that's fine. It, that's a lot of like, sometimes that happens just because of like our frontal lobe forming. Probably like when I was like 13 through 17 and I kind of went through that like the time whenever our like tastes are pretty set. So I was listening to like a lot of like, I don't know, like Day to Remember, that kind of like story of the year. Um, but I also, then again, I've also, you know, I've listened to everything from, you know, lots of Sarah Bareilles over to like M83. It just, you know, that's what we do. We listen to so much different music. Nicki Minaj sometimes, like I studied like Eminem and Nicki Minaj over the years for their different rap styles because I really like to sing fast um, and like almost rap. So, you know, I, it's such, it's such an interesting question. My influences are like technical things and they're definitely my upbringing just like everybody else but it's also like I think my biggest influence is that I like to keep stepping out of my favorite musics too like I'll go on big dives into new in the pockets of music excuse me music and niche genres that I've never even like heard of because to me Chris I'm like well like if I don't naturally like this, but there's other people out there that do, like, what are they experiencing inside themselves? Like, what feelings are they getting? I kind of want to go see. So, I'll, like, I'll find, like, really avant-garde stuff sometimes and, like, sit with it for a while. Um, uh, or, like, like I said, like, genres, like, if I'm not totally into rap, like, you know, naturally that's around now, I will go listen to a ton of it. Like, I'll, I'll go through a phase um, every once in a while. Like, okay, if there's other people here... There's got to be something. I wonder why I'm not feeling it. So it's hard to just pick some. Everything is going to be okay. More like my mother now. Wanna hand reach out off a shelf. Hand on hardcover. More like my mother now. Straight to the final page. And with my father's mouth, I'll read out loud after I'll see every color. And with my father's mouth, I'll tell you to be okay. A kind of library in repay. So hold me in your hands today I'll give you years to flip every page But let me give the end away Cause I can't say what we couldn't say It's a Mr. Rogers thing Feeling now what we couldn't see Well I see right through them all I see right through them all The real and imagining your hand on the small of my back, you're whispering, I won't let you fall, let you fall. And you did come back for me. You did come back for me. When I reached out, you did come back for me. So hold me in your hands today I'll give you years to flip every page But let me give the end away Cause I can't say what we couldn't say It's a Mr. Rogers thing Feeling now what we couldn't see Well I see right through them 
That was She Gives Away the Ending by Malays on the scene from Indiana Public Radio. Now, Emily, you're from Pittsburgh, but you're currently based in Bloomington, Indiana. Could you talk a little bit about the differences between the music scenes in Pittsburgh compared to Bloomington? Oh, yeah. So here in Bloomington, Indiana, it's a much smaller place, <laughs> which, you know, I'm just saying that for anybody who <laughs> does, it does have the reference point. Uh, um, so... Bloomington's music scene, I I know, like, a lot of it. It's been really nice. You know, you get out and you start meeting people. Like, I was playing at the Blockhouse um, at their open mics every single week. Oh, man, I have missed that so much during quarantine. Oh, I can't. Oh. Um, and then going to shows at, like, the Bishop. Um, then also, we had our own little um, non-venue community going ar- around uh uh, called Blunderbuss, where we had these like community shows um, at this one really amazing group of like artists and musicians house. Um, like Taylor Zartman is her name, who started these. Um, they were like almost like a seeker community, but it's really like an open community of artists and um, creative people in town, not just music. So um, 
it's just it felt like family here a couple different like families but we're all kind of overlapping here in town and then it was also more than just the one i named right there's a couple more communities but i know like even the ones i'm not totally in like i know of them pittsburgh's different pittsburgh's very i mean it's not new york but it's big so um the music scene in pittsburgh when it has like different like pockets and niches i felt way more far away from some of them right i used to with my company mike i used to um like sponsor like the indie rock fest uh while i was there and I would go to different open mics all the way from like the South side to, um, different neighborhoods. And I, I never felt like I met everybody. I felt like they were some staples and we had WIPs, you know, our radio stations. I worked at WPTS at Pitt. So they were like different communities I was able to join, but it did, it, it is different to be in a small town like this where you feel like pretty much everybody's at like a degree of separation away or like just like one more. We'll be right back with more conversation and great music, including Two unreleased songs from Malaise's next album, A Note on the Author. Stay tuned. Welcome back to The Scene from Indiana Public Radio. I'm Christopher Golab here with Emily Plazek, the mind behind Malaise. We're about to hear some more of your incredible music in just a minute. But first, I want to ask you, how do you manage your musical life with the rest of your life? I do a couple things. Number one, I know that I am very lucky because I'm like a nerd about business. I love business. I think business is really like artistic and creative. Um, my, I, <laughs> from people like my intern, sometimes I'll be called like the, the Leslie Nope, like of this music stuff. Like, cause I just get so excited and I love business. I went to business school. Like I, I just love it. Um, I tend to see it for the good that it can do, even though I know just like anything in the world, there's a lot of bad. But so I like, I know that I'm lucky because I have the business love and I have the art love. So that means every single day and throughout the course of a day, I'm going from right brain to left brain activity, either the more creative or the more analytical. But for me, that gives me a lifestyle of like, yeah, there are days where I'm like, I don't want to mess with my feelings anymore right now. I just want to sit down and go through some spreadsheets. And it is such a relief because I never get like totally exhausted. I go from one or the other. Like when I'm kind of like feeling burned out on like business analytical stuff. I'm like, I'm just going to go play the piano. So I'm always flipping between the two. So it gives me like a very um, sustainable fuel of a lifestyle. I will keep a couple different structure lists, like, and um, I call them balance structures. And one of them is like, my, here's my daily one. It's like just in my notebook, my favorite notebook, where like, it's like I write the dates and then I have columns for the things I try to get to every day, pretty much, but never too strictly because I don't want to be like a perfectionist. I was more perfectionist like when I was younger, but there's a daily one. And then I have like a weekly where there are certain things blocked off, not only like meetings, um, but other goals and like, things I want to do. Like I always want to hike in nature. So I make sure like there's always a, like, kind of a slot for like that, like in the weekends and stuff like that. Um, and how my art, especially is supported by a structure like that is that I never have to worry. Um, let's say about like, uh, everything from getting audited that could just pull the blanket out from under your feet to worrying about getting drowned in like costs and distractions and my email inboxes and other commitments and, I just have that structure set up so that every single day I'm able to have a balance of both my work and my music. I also have some little tools that help me catch inspiration as they happen. I told you the one is that I text myself when I think of lyrics as I'm running um, or where if I'm just out in the world anytime I text myself. I also um, 
my voice recorder app is, whew, it is very important to me because if I, um, I notice when I'm more well rested, this happens more often, but I very often wake up singing new songs I've written while I was asleep. Some of my, some of my best songs, I kid you not, like some of my absolute best songs have happened that way where I wake up and I'm singing it and it goes like this, Chris, I'm like in bed. I'm like, oh my gosh. And I like, it's in my, that, that's what happens in my head. I don't say that out loud. That'd be very scary. Um, no, I, so I like get up and I run into the other room cause I'm married. So I don't want to like wake up my husband. So I like run into the sanctuary and I always like hum things into my voice recorder and, um, then if I'm like really can't get back to sleep because like the song's so good, I'll just like continue writing it. So I'll turn on my piano right behind me. And so I'll like just kind of finish the whole thing. Um, and I'm so grateful for voice memos because also when I'm writing a song, I always I I always like keep my voice m- recorder on so that if I when you're writing a song, you know how like whenever you write something and you're like just going through so many ideas and you're like crap five ideas ago I had something really good. What was it? What was it? What was it? I always record. I always like um just set it up and just let it record as I'm writing, even though half of it will be like me pausing to write something down. Up next is what to do. Every day, I tell me what you 
This is Malaise. You are listening to The Scene from Indiana Public Radio. I told you on a midnight park, read your balance beam, but didn't say you brought this out in me. I didn't say we were the greatest that the world will ever see. I didn't get to say a lot of things, so if you're listening, I'm about to not say this perfectly. Oh, over and over again, over and over again, oh, over and over again, oh, over and over again. And I'm so If you didn't notice, I'll come back 
listen to 2020 Road Atlas by Malays on the scene from Indiana Public Radio. So throughout 2020 and now going into 2021, how has the pandemic changed your music career? Yeah, I like everybody else, um, live music was taken away immediately. And that has been gutting. Um, I think it's been the right thing to do for sure for the venues like, you know, around here, like Blockhouse, you know, my favorite. Um, they've been very responsible and thinking about others. And that's, that's good. I miss it. It was like every single week we'd have our open mics. I had just gotten, um, confirmation of a booking at the Bishop too. I know. Look at that face you just made. That's how I felt. Um, luckily I'm still talking to him and on the other end, it'll help hopefully just like, you know, happen again. But so I miss live music. I really do. I think I'm really lucky though, because, um, I have so much recorded music because I have my home studio and I have my dialectic projects and all that. And I'm already writing music all the time that I just kind of immediately to like make myself feel better. It's like, okay, that's okay. What do you do whenever, you know, problems happen, you pivot. And that's like a bit my business mind like jumps in. So I was like, okay, I'm going to pivot. I won't be able to do the whole, like, I had like a multi-year touring plan. I had been doing shows like I had been, well, touring plan in the sense that I had been planning, um, by doing like a ton of stuff around town, like building up to the Bishop and all that, um, that I understand like methodologically, um, with my music industry work with Mike, I know how to like, then you do like a tri-state tour and then you can like branch it out. Maybe become an opener. Like I had a whole plan, but it's okay. I was like, I can just pause this plan. I have a process manual, a whole plan literally just put it to the side i'll go back to um polishing up the dialectic and releasing it more quickly so um in a sense it was kind of helpful because i got to do more of the music video stuff uh i did change a little bit of the dialectic adding in the front matter element that album wasn't originally planned which i think is cool too because now some of the dialectic albums um like some of the ones later on I wrote years ago and now some of the, but now it's mixed in with ones I've written right now. So that's been pretty cool. Um, but I do miss live music. I miss my friends. <laughs> I really miss hanging out with them every, every Tuesday. So I'm still amazed by how big of a project Malays is and how big it's going to continue to grow into. Um, how did you come up with this idea? I, Honestly, I didn't just like come up with it. It's so strange. It just happened. Like I've been writing songs since I was little. 
Very little. And they've always been like a coping mechanism for me and and also sheer fun. Also that. But also very helpful in like darker things I was going through as like lighthouses to help me make sense of chaos. So it felt like when I was going through stuff, it wasn't in vain. I was able to make art out of it. And holy wow, that really just brought me through like life really luckily. And as I was doing writing all these songs, I kept trying to make sense of all the songs too, by collecting them into groups, just like an organizational part of me. And then the stories started developing, especially whenever I was sketching a lot. And uh, I started to actually combine all my sketches into one map because I was organizing that too. Like it just always felt good to do this kind of like zooming out, seeing the big picture of my life. Up next, you'll be hearing the world premiere of Meta Man and Visera from Malaise's next album, A Note on the Author. I see you, you, my installation, me and you, you, always waiting. We grew larger than life, so I don't get the words right. Met a man, I met a man. How she didn't, not a secret, try to see it above you Every minute, our exhibit, gallery blue When the navy came to take me, you were in another room of our museum You had your reason she will see things in the paintings as she's pulled from the room Then drop a jaw as the gallery hall in an aerial view Show the how of you in the library shelves that touch hell In the ways that a mind is not well Can the how of it be the only truth? In the how of you The how of you And the how of you Met a man How she did it Met a man the secret waits to be seen waiting like you for me how she did it how we I see you you my installation me and you, you, always waiting, we're growing larger than life, so I won't get 
Hey, this is Malaise, and you are listening to The Scene from Indiana Public Radio. A lack of satisfaction here Is that the way to interfere? And this is nothing that I've done before This is nothing that I've done before He said to me What's staring at the afternoon To programming everything you do And this is nothing that I've done before And this is nothing that I've done before Who's losing? I'm gonna win My hand choosing the back door And I'll live with a to malaise on the scene from indiana public radio so emily our time is about to wrap up but do you have any final messages for our audience before we sign off yeah um well i am malaise again <laughs> and my next album is a note on the author it kind of takes this journey into the library pulling the book off the shelf and reading that note on the author on the front binding of the book and stepping more and more into this nine album series that is the dialectic taking us through an actual book so a nota a note on the author is up next thank you so much emily by the way where can we find your music 
anywhere that you listen to music. So <laughs> if you spell it M-I-L-L-A-Z-E, that's how it's spelled. Um, not like the other Malays you might know. Uh, it is a play on words, it, partly, partly. Um, but if you listen to Spotify, Apple Music, anywhere like that, Bandcamp is a great one. YouTube, all of that. Instagram, I am Malays, etc. Anywhere you want to find me. Thanks for being on the show. Emily Plazek. Major support for the scene comes from the Vice President of Information Technology at Ball State. Ball State's music media production program are underwriters and listeners like you who support their local public radio station. Our show is produced entirely by Ball State students. Kyler Aldenhoff, Jacob Holtzman, Paul Butler, and myself are the show's producers and engineers. Gabe Hua is our booking and communications manager. This episode was produced by me, your host, Christopher Golab. Special thanks to Malays for sending us her music and for joining us. To find out more about the bands and venues we feature on The Scene, visit our website, indianapublicradio.org slash the scene, where you can learn more about the program and listen to our episode archive. Again, that's at indianapublicradio.org slash the scene. Also, if you'd like to keep up with what we're up to next, follow our Facebook page. Just search for The Scene from Indiana Public Radio and find us on Twitter and Instagram. Our handle is The Scene on IPR. We're also on Apple Podcasts and wherever else you find your podcasts. Give The Scene from Indiana Public Radio a search to add us to your favorite podcasting app. Thanks for being with us and join us again next time to hear what's happening in The Scene here on The Scene.